Hello and welcome to this week's episode of League Lore and More, continuing our Shadow Isle series with Karthus the Deathsinger, released in the kind of the second round of champs when the game came out back in 2009, in June of 2009, um, and he is a, uh, you know, he, he floats, he's a, a, you know, he's a ghost, um, and he's kind of got some, like, ceremonial robes on, slash armor. Um, it carries a staff and has a book that floats out in front of him that he sings out of um, and recites chants out of. Um, and he is a mage. Uh, he does ability damage. Um his most commonly played position for the past few years has been only in the jungle. Um, before that, he used to be a mid laner. Um, he is someone with no mobility in his kit, uh, which makes him not fit into a lot of the different metas that come about. Uh, but he has found a place here and there because he has... Uh, an extremely good ability to clear the jungle camps quickly uh, so he can power farm and get a lot of gold generate a lot of gold very quickly um, to kind of snowball a game um, his abilities um, his passive is um, kind of one of a kind uh, it, it would kind of stand to say that all passives are one of a kind but a lot are very similar um, his is similar to a couple other people's but his definitely has uh, its own unique properties to it uh, it's called death defied uh, upon taking fatal damage so when you die uh, Karthus enters a zombie state for 7 seconds during which he can cast his abilities at no cost um, if defile has been learned which is his uh his E ability, it will remain toggled on for the death defied's entire duration. Um, Requiem becomes disabled after death defied has gone on for uh, four seconds because you could not cast it within the time remaining because it has a channel time. Um, while under the state, Karthus is untargetable and immune to crowd control, as well as prevents all incoming damage because you're dead and you don't need to take any more damage. Uh, but you also cannot move um, or basic attack or use summoner spells or active items. So it's just you're pressing Q, W, and R if you have it, and doing damage and killing things. Um, his Q is called Lay Waste. Um, it's also known collo or not colloquially, but in the league community as Skittles. Uh, Karthus conjures a blast at the target location that detonates after uh, a certain uh, windup, dealing damage to all enemies, doubled when it's only one target that is struck. Um, the um, they they call it Skittles because the. Uh, cooldown is like one second, um, so you 
can just you spam it and um there's just a lot of these little green balls on the ground that they call skittles uh his w is called wall of pain uh karthus erects a wall of pain at a target location perpendicular to his uh to perpendicular facing him that lasts five seconds um enemies that touch the wall are inflicted with a magic resistance reduction and become slowed for four seconds um the slow i think is like 99 percent, or it's 80 percent when um fully maxed so you're getting to the point where you're almost stunned because you can't move so much uh his e ability is called defile Karthus uh, restores mana whenever he kills an, en an enemy is a passive ability on Defile. Uh, the toggle ability on Defile is that Karthus surrounds himself in a necrotic aura that deals magic damage every quarter second to nearby enemies. Toggling Defile off triggers a final tick of damage. So, excuse me, you will see people just toggling it on and off to just keep ticking the damage um, and then his ultimate is called requiem karthus channels for three seconds and then deals magic damage to all targetable enemy champions upon completion so you can be anywhere on the map i can be sitting in the base and alt um and if all five champions are targetable they will receive um, the amount of damage that it does, which is uh, like at max level, it's going to be 500 plus 75% of the ability power that you've that you have on top of that 500. So it's a lot um, that gets dealt to five champions at once. Um, so it's a very powerful ability. Um, so Karthus will, when we'll get into his bio, um, and we'll see that he um, sings kind of these songs of lamentation for the dead. Um, but um, this was taken literally, um, and um, he is the lead singer for the League of Legends um, rock band called uh, Pentakill. Um I didn't necessarily realize because I didn't know then when I when Pentakill came out with like their music. Um, I mean, it's act it's actual musicians and stuff that just create the music under the name Pentakill um, for League of Legends. But um, yeah, I didn't realize that he was like that. That was you know kind of true to his lore that he would be singing it uh, since he's the lead singer for the band. Um, And then his ultimate requiem is named after uh, a requiem mass, which um, is singing for or about, or said for or about the dead. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, no mobility, uh, any amount of CC, and he's likely to just die. But it's fine, right? Because especially if you're in the middle of champions, enemy champions, then like you're your uh, defile your e um aura is going to be doing damage you're going to be hitting them with cues and if you have your ultimate up you can cast it from um when you are dead um in those seven seconds um and that's 
probably the time that it gets cast the most because when you're alive, you're channeling, channeling it for three seconds. So if somebody interrupts it during that three seconds, then you just lost um, thousands of points of damage that you could have dealt to the enemy team. And it also has like a three minute cooldown. Um, it's very long cooldown. Um, but without further ado, we will hop into Karthus's lore. And um, yeah, I hope you learned something. Um, there was one thing that I uh, definitely learned when I read it uh, prior to this. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy it. And yeah, that's it. Carthus the Death Singer. The harbinger of oblivion, Carthus is an undying spirit whose haunting songs are a prelude to the horror of his nightmarish appearance. The living fear the eternity of undeath, but Carthus sees only beauty and purity in its embrace, a perfect union of life and death. When Carthus emerges from the Shadow Isles, it is to bring the joy of death to mortals, an apostle of the unliving. Carthus was born into abject poverty in the sprawl of dwellings built beyond the walls of the Noxian capital. His mother died at the moment of his birth, leaving his father to raise him and his three sisters alone. They shared a crumbling, rat-infested almshouse with scores of other families, subsisting on a diet of rainwater and vermin. Of all the children, Carthus was the best ratter, and regularly brought gnawed corpses for the cookpot. Death was commonplace in the slums of Noxus, and many mornings began with the wailing of bereaved parents who woke to discover their child cold and lifeless beside them. Carthus learned to love these laments, and would watch fascinated as the tally men of kindred notched their staffs and bore the bodies from the almshouse. At night, the young Carthus would sneak through the cramped rooms, seeking those whose lives hung by a thread, hoping to witness the moment their soul passed from life to death. For years, his nightly travels were fruitless, as it was impossible to predict exactly when a person would die. He was denied witnessing the moment of death until it reached his own family. Outbreaks of disease were frequent in such cramped confines, and when Carthus's sisters sickened with the plague, he watched over them intently. While his father drowned his grief, Carthus was the ever-dutiful brother, caring for his sisters as the disease consumed them. He watched each of them as they died, and a sublime connection seemed to reach into him as the light faded from their eyes, a yearning to see what lay beyond death and unlock the secrets of eternity. When the tally men came for the bodies, Carthus followed them back to their temple, asking them question after question about their order and the workings of death. Could a person exist at the moment where life ends, but before death begins? If such a liminal moment could be understood and held, might the wisdom of life be combined with the clarity of death? The tally men quickly recognized Carthus's suitability for their order, and he was inducted into their ranks first as a digger of graves and pyre builder, before ascending to the rank of corpse collector. 
Karthus guided his bone cart around the streets of Noxus to gather the dead every day. His dirges quickly became known throughout Noxus, mournful laments that spoke to the beauty of death and the hope that, lay, that what lay beyond was something to be embraced. Many a grieving family took solace in his songs, finding a measure of peace in his heartfelt elegies. Eventually, Karthus worked in the temple itself, tending to the sick in their final moments, watching as whatever death had laid its claim upon them took its due. Karthus would speak to each person laid before him, ushering their souls into death, in search of further wisdom in their fading eyes. Eventually, Karthus reached the conclusion that he could learn no more from mortals, that only the dead themselves could answer his questions. None of the dying souls could tell of what lay beyond, but whispered rumors and tales told to frightened children echoed of a place where death was not the end. The Shadow Isles. Carthus emptied the temple's coffers and bought passage to Bilgewater, a city plagued by a strange black mist said to draw souls to a cursed island far out at sea. No captain was willing to take Carthus to the Shadow Isles, but Eventually, he came upon a rum-sodden fisherman with a mountain of debts and nothing to lose. The boat plied the ocean for many days and nights until a storm drove them onto the rocks of an island that appeared on no charts. A black mist rolled out from a haunted landscape of gnarled trees and tumbled ruins. The fisherman freed his boat and turned its prow in terror for Bilgewater, but Carthus leapt into the sea and waded ashore. Steadying himself with his notched tally staff and proudly saying the lament he had prepared for the moment of his own death, and his words were carried on a cold wind to the heart of the island. The black mist flowed through Carthus, ravaging his flesh and spirit with ancient sorcery, but such was the force of his desire to transcend mortality that it did not destroy him, instead it remade him and Carthus was born anew in the waters of the island as a fleshless revenant. Revelation filled Carthus as he became what he always believed he should have been, a being poised at the threshold of death and life. The beauty of this eternal moment filled him with wonder as the wretched spirits of the island rose to behold his transformation, drawn to his passion like predators sensing blood in the ocean. Finally, Carthus was where he belonged, surrounded by those who truly understood the boon on death truly was. Filled with righteous zeal, he knew he had to return to Valoran and share his gift with the living to free them from petty mortal concerns. Carthus turned and the black mist bore him over the waves to the fisherman's boat. The man fell to his knees before Carthus, begging for his life, and Carthus granted him the blessing of death. Ending his mortal suffering and raising him up as an immortal spirit as he sang his lament for passing souls. The fisherman was the first of many such souls Carthus would free, and soon the death singer would command a legion of unliving wraiths. To Carthus's awakened senses, the Shadow Isles was in a state of apathetic limbo, where the blessings of death were squandered. He would galvanize the dead in a crusade to bring the beauty of oblivion to the living to end the suffering of mortality and usher in a glorious age of undeath. Carthus has become the emissary of the Shadow Isles, the herald of oblivion, whose laments are paeons to the glory of death. His legions of unbound souls join with his funeral dirges, their haunting song reaching beyond the black mist to be heard on cold nights over graveyards and charnel houses all across Valoran. I go where death bids me. Carthus's story is called Burial at Sea.
The sea was mirror smooth and dark. A pirate's moon hung low on the horizon as it had for the last six nights. Not so much as a whisper of wind stirred the air, only that damned dirge carried from who knew where. Vianax had sailed the oceans around Noxus long enough to know that seas like this only ever presaged ill fortune. She stood on the Dark Will's foredeck, training her spyglass on the far ocean, searching for anything she could use to plot their position. Nothing but sea in all directions, she said to the night. No land in sight and no stars I recognize. Our sails are empty of wind. The oar decks have rowed for days, but no matter which way we turn, land never comes, and the moon neither waxes nor wanes. She took a moment to rub the heels of her palms against her face. Thirst and hunger growled in her belly, and the constant darkness had made it impossible to accurately gauge the passage of time. The Dark Will wasn't even her ship. She'd been its first mate until a Feliordian Reaver's axe had split Captain Medoc's skull and given her a sudden promotion. The captain and 15 other Noxian warriors were laid within sewn-up hammocks on the main deck. The growing stench rising from the bodies was the only consistent measure of time's passing. She lifted her gaze to the open ocean, and her eyes widened as she saw thick black mist rising from the water. Shapes moved in the mist, lambent suggestions of clawed arms and gaping mouths. That damned dirge rang out over the water again, louder now, and accompanied by the dolorous peals of a funeral bell. The black mist, she said. All hands on deck. She turned and vaulted down to the main deck, running for the quarter deck and the ship's wheel. Not that she could do anything to move the ship, but she'd be damned if she'd be found anywhere else. A haunting lament for lost souls drifted over the ship as men stumbled from below decks, and even as terror shivered her spine, Vinex couldn't deny the poetry in the sound. Tears pricked her eyes and ran down her cheeks, not in fear, but from infinite sadness. Let me end your grief. The voice in her head was cold and lifeless, the voice of a dead man. It conjured the image of iron-rimmed wheels on a corpse-heaped cart, a knife cutting yet another death mark on a staff. Vianax knew the tales of the black mist. She knew to avoid the islands brooding beneath the darkness in the east. She thought the ship was far from the Shadow Isles, but she was wrong. She pulled up short as black mist boiled up over the gunwale, bringing with it howls and screechings of dead things. Wraiths spun overhead, a swirling chorus of the damned, and the Dark Will's crew cried out in terror at the sight of them. Vianax drew her pistol and cocked the hammer as a figure loomed from the mist. Towering and wide-shouldered, robed in tattered vestments like an ancient prelate, yet his shoulders and gaunt skull were armored as a warrior. A chained book hung at his waist, and he carried a long staff with its haft notched by countless tally marks. Spectral light shone at its tip and burned like a fallen star in the palm of his free hand. Why do you cry? said the creature. I am Carthus, and I bring you a great gift. I don't want your gift, said Vianax, pulling the trigger. Her pistol boomed and fire exploded from the barrel. The shot struck the monstrous wraith, but passed through it without harm. You mortals, said Carthus, shaking his helmeted head. 
You fear what you do not understand, and would turn away from a boon that is freely offered. The monster drifted closer, and the dark radiance of his staff bathed the ship's deck in pale, sickly light. Vianex backed away from the race chill as her crew fell before the light, their souls drifting like steam from their bodies. Her heel caught on one of the laid-out hammocks, and she tripped, falling backwards onto her haunches. She pushed herself away from Carthus, scrambling over the bodies of her fellow sailors. The hammock beneath her moved. They were all moving, squirming and writhing like fresh-caught fish, gasping for air at the bottom of a boat. Tendrils of mist rose from tears in the canvas and between the rough stitches the ship's sailmaker had used to sew them shut. Faces moved in the mist, faces she'd sailed with for years, men and women she'd fought beside. The wraith towered over her and the dead crew of the Dark Will stood beside him. Their spirit forms limbed in moonlight. Death is nothing to be feared, Mistress Vionax, said Carthus. It will free you from all your pain. It will lift your eyes from your mundane existence and show you the glory of life eternal. Embrace the beauty and wonder of death. Let go of your mortality. You do not need it. He held his hand out and the light there swelled to envelop her. She screamed as it pressed through her skin into muscle, through bone down to her very soul. The wraith clenched his fist and Vionex cried out as she felt herself being unwoven from the inside out. Let your soul fly free, said Carthus, turning to carve another notch in his staff with a sharpened nail. You shall feel no pain, no fear, no desire to feel anything but the beauty of what I have to show you. Miracles and wonders await, mortal. Why would you not crave such rapture? No, she said with her last breath. I don't want to see. It is already done, said Carthus. Die by my hand and rise on you. So, um, unlike the last few characters who have been um, altered by the mist, but still seek to heal the Shadow Isles, Karthus uh, is not something like that he's kind of got his own agenda it you know there wasn't really any mention of Diego or any of that he's kind of just like doing his own thing and I'm not really sure what that is or what the purpose of that is he's just really weirdly into death um so much so that he wanted to or, well, he's not necessarily so much into death. He's into what's in between life and death and thinks that it's great and thinks that everyone should have it. And he's forcing his views onto other people, which is not okay. Um, now, we shouldn't demonize him for that, for having a different view. 
But when it comes, you know, at the sake of my physical well-being, then that's kind of where you have to draw the line. Um, where that view uh, can't really be tolerated anymore. But um, I am not going to speak uh, much longer here. Uh, I have a bad throat right now, feeling sick. And so I will sign off for this week. And um, yeah, I think I always keep saying, oh, only a couple more weeks of this um, because I don't actually go and count the, the characters that I'm doing for the, the series. Um, like I have them listed, I just don't count them. Uh, so yeah, we're still going. Uh, still some more to do. But we're getting there, and uh, yeah, I will be back next week uh, if you have President's Day off this coming Monday. Congratulations. Hope you enjoy that day off. Um, and, you know, light some candles in your uh, shrine that I'm sure you all have to George Washington and Abraham Lincoln in your homes as uh, well as we all do. Uh, that's... Well, here in the U.S., uh, if you're a listener from outside the U.S., then you don't know what I'm talking about, probably. Uh, and I wouldn't expect you to, nor is it important. It's kind of a weird, stupid holiday, and uh, but I get the day off work, so uh, I'm not going to complain any further about it. Um, so, yeah, I will uh, catch you all next week, and uh, we will go from there. 